Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey everyone, this is Allison Kay. Do we have a treat for you? We are speaking with a serial entrepreneur who has more than 15 years of experience in technology ecosystems, has started more than one company. And if you have a curiosity about RPA, robotic process automation, and other things related to tech and what we are doing on the leading edge of the marketplace, well, this is an interview that you want to listen to. So I would love to welcome Harold to this episode. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Um, tell everybody who you are, what your company is, and what you're putting out into the world today. Okay, perfect. So uh, my name is Arhel Taeb, uh, based in Tel Aviv, uh, Israel, um, and I'm the CEO of Cryon. Cryon is an RPA company. RPA is, uh, stands for Robotic Process Automation. Uh, it means that we have a platform that, um, you know, changed the entire world. You know, we speak a lot about the uh, fourth industrial revolution. You know, robotics will replace people. Um, You know, we are starting to replace people with robotics. And RPA is the core of this change in the market. RPA, again, robotic process automation, is the ability to have a virtual worker that will do anything that human can do, a little bit faster, much more accurate, um, but again, in a way, we just, you know, taking out the robot activities from the day-to-day job that each one of us uh, have. So that's the idea. That's what we have at Cryon. And, you know, we are leading the uh, fourth industrial revolution. Well, and so one of the things we always like to tell our guests is to take a look at your website just to understand more about what we're talking about today. And so for everybody listening, the website is cryonsystems.com. I have that correct, right, Harold? Um, mm-hmm. And it's K-R-Y-O-N systems.com. And so as we're talking, if there's things that you want to learn more about, um, go take a look there. But so can you give us an example, some practical examples of companies and organizations that are using RPA and what some of those tasks are that are, are being carried out? Sure. So, so there are many. I think that almost any enterprise in the market these days using RPA in a way, in some uh, type of... Uh, so I will give two examples. You know, one of them is super simple and, and, and very super relevant for these days. Um, you know, in Israel, uh, these days we are doing a lot of activities around vaccination. Um, the moment that the government decided to vaccinate the entire population to get, I think it's about 95%, that was the objective, within about three months. Uh, we've got a request from the leading healthcare uh, service provider in Israel, Klalit. Uh, they called us and they said, guys, we need to vaccinate million of people within few weeks, few months, uh, we can do that manually. We can hire many people that will do this job, will try to set the appointment for, uh, for the uh, relevant uh, people to be vaccinated. Uh, that's one option. It will take us a lot of time. Probably everything will fail. Uh, or we can do something different. We can use the RPA in order to do that. And what they've done 
within three days, which is insane, within three days, they managed to develop or to build three processes. One of them is set the appointment. The second one is delay an appointment. And the, the third was just to cancel an appointment. And they built around more than 100 uh, bots, robots, RPA robots that are doing that 24 by 7. And every day, setting more than 150 thousand appointment uh, for, va for, vaccine, for the vaccine. Um, so again, the main idea is to have virtual workers. Think of that, that you know, for your organization, you will be able in few minutes, maybe a few days, to have an additional 100 people working for, for you. This time, it will not be people. It will be virtual machines. You know, it's, it's a computer, it's, a, it's software, not hardware. So it's a software on virtual machine or PC, but this virtual machine with username and password can do any logical process within the organization, anything. It can think, it can uh, click on a button or read information from the screen, but also can do many other things behind the scene. And that's one example from these days. But beside of that, we are working with many, many uh, finance services, you know, um, you know, few of our customers at HSBC, uh, TCF Bank, uh, we have uh, Verizon, AT&T, Allianz, AIG. So th these organizations, eventually, they are trying, they have a lot of processes, you know, bank, insurance companies, telcos, there's many processes, crucial processes, you know, they cannot say, you know what, let's, you know, procure to pay, we don't need to do that, let's try to do something different, they must do that, they have a lot of regulation. But instead of having someone doing a very boring uh, job day after day, doing the same things, they can have virtual workers, virtual machine that will do this job and let their employees focus on more innovation, more communication, and building something that will bring much more impact for the organization. I just love the concept. I talk with a lot of people who do talk about uh, machine learning and natural language understanding and how we bring all this technology into the business. And I'm always amazed when I speak to founders like you. And I want to take a step back, Harold, because, you know, you just don't suddenly found a company that does this. You had, you had building blocks that got you here. Can you tell us a little bit back on some of the early days as an entrepreneur and where you started with technology? Sure, absolutely. So uh, my technology journey long ago started with a company named Giteco, an Israeli company um, in, in the uh, uh, support area. Uh, we've been acquired by Microsoft. Microsoft acquired Giteco. Uh, I've been in Microsoft a few years, left Microsoft, established startup in the collectibles area. I have a whiskey glass collection. I used to travel a lot. Pre-COVID, I used to travel a lot. So, um, you know, buying uh, many uh, flea markets, unique uh, whiskey glasses. So we built a platform for collectors to present their items in a very unique way and then sell, buy, and replace. And then, uh, you know, as part of the bootstrapping of my startup, I was an advisor for a few companies. One of them was Conduit, an Israeli company. Uh, and then I've been asked by the CEO of Conduit to bring my company in and uh, establish Conduit Mobile, a business unit within his company that is dealing only with mobile. So I, bought, I took the company, 
uh, we, you know, the people, the, the employees within my company, and we built Conduit Mobile or Como. Later, we rebranded the company to be Como. Como was the largest app maker platform in the in the world. It was a mobile application app maker, sort of. Um, it's like Wix for mobile applications. It's um, you know, many. We had more than forty-five hundred new apps creating every day within our platform, mainly by SMBs. It could be. That's an incredible amount of of volume of work. Indeed, um, indeed. it's impressive. <laughs> yes, and then after four years, uh, you know, uh, I moved uh, from Conduit to AVG. Uh, AVG is an antivirus company. AVG acquired two Israeli companies. Um, one of them was in the search business, the other was in the mobile side. And they looked for a CEO for AVG Israel to take these companies together and build something, you know, define Israel as strategic center for AVG from, you know, security side, cyber security. So they approached me. Uh, I decided to move to AVG as the CEO of AVG Israel. Uh, I joined AVG. Uh, we had actually an amazing achievement. Uh, we owned the entire mobile and search activities for AVG. Um, you know, more than $100 million uh, in annual revenue. And uh, eventually, um, you know, we acquired another Israeli, Israeli company, company named MyWorld. Uh, I was the executive sponsor for this acquisition. And then we've been acquired. AVG was acquired by Avast, another security company, for $1.3 billion. Uh, post this acquisition, actually, I had a very nice story. <laughs> you know, I, I thought to myself, I said, okay, you know, I've been acquired. I, I acquired companies. I've done a lot of things from the execution side. I said, what is the only thing that I never did? And I thought, you know, venture capital. It looks like something super interesting. You know, I, uh, I need to establish one. You know, I need to, you know, set, you know, at least feel or understand what does it mean to uh, establish venture capital. So I had a relationship uh, with the royal family in Netherlands. So there, in Netherlands, there is a royal family. I know the Prince uh, PC, Peter Christian and Constantine. And I thought, let's have a venture capital. I call that Amsterdam, New York, Tel Aviv. You know, one leg in Amsterdam to Europe, one leg in New York to North America, and one leg in Tel Aviv. And I thought, you know, let's, you know, let's have fun. Let's, you know, bring more money, you know, meet many startups. And after a few months, <laughs> actually, I understood two things. First one, I'm not that good in investing. You know, I didn't enjoy that. Well, I was going to ask for your advice on that. There you go. So you decided you're not that good at it. Okay. <laughs> I, I invested in a few companies and, you know, I've done quite good. So I, I know how to find the right startup. But, you know, sitting in my desk, seeing, you know, many young people trying to build something and, you know, see their passion. And, you know, I, I sat there and said, come on, you know, you are doing so many you know, not stupid things, but you know, you're doing some things that I can do that much better. You know, <laughs> I prefer to sit, you know, to replace you and do, you know, do your job. So after a few months, I said, okay, that's not my, you know, that's not my passion. I don't need to be, uh, you know, an institutional investor. Uh, I can invest in companies. I'm doing that these days, but I prefer to be in the execution side. I prefer to sit in this side of the table you know, fight with many challenges every day, every week, work with my team, uh, build organizations that can change the world. And, you know, when I stop, you know, when I uh, stop the um, VC side, I joined Cryon uh, as the CEO of the company. 
And the story about Crown is it's quite interesting because, you know, when I, I've been introduced to the company, um, you know, by the chairman of the company, he asked me to invest in the company. I've met him, I learned about the company, and I said, no, there are too many issues with this company. It was a very small company in Israel, 18 people, uh, great in technology, but a lot of challenges from the go-to-market strategy, business development, and marketing. And I said, okay, you need to fix that, and then let's speak after that. And he came back to me, and he said, Arel um, is based in New Jersey. Very nice guy, you know, used to be the chairman of the company, and he said, uh, you know, we need to find, uh, I, I'm looking for a CEO for this company. I know that I need to change something meaningful. You know, either I will close the company, or, but we need to find a way to take this company in a super exciting market to show the impact or to show the value uh, of our technology. It took me a while, but I agreed to join Cryon as the CEO of the company. And I took the company, uh, you know, I, I will do a fast forward to today, um, you know, we have 10 offices worldwide, customers almost from any vertical. You know, we spoke about HSBC and any Allianz, uh, AIG, Great Eastern in uh, Asia Pac. Uh, we have uh, many telcos working with us. And, you know, Windham Hotel, the largest hotel chain in, the, in, in North America, uh, is one of our customers. And, you know, building an organization that can scale up create an impact. You know, we have a super large customer that managed to reduce just, you know, by using these uh, virtual workers, using the robotic solution, managed to reduce about, you know, 2 million training hours. It, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of money uh, that they reduce because they use the robotics just to help their employees to become better, to be more efficient. Yeah, and I, so when I listen to you talk, some, in some ways I, I worry about, you know, small business, like you, you have such big examples and then, you know, and some people could be a little scared because you talk about, you know, streamlining automation processes in which people go, oh, you know, we're going to lose jobs. But what I love about what you're putting into the world is that you also have this campaign called Citizen Developer. And I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about that, because I love the concept, at least the notes I've been given, are that you also have a mission to empower anyone to become an RPA developer using low-code or no-code software interfaces. So this isn't just about, you know, the big guys out there and how your application works for the big guys. So can you tell us more about that? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think that usually, you know, for any revolution, you know, it creates some kind of fear at the beginning because you say, you know what, what, you know, all of these employees will do, you know, if we will bring more and more robotics, you know, then we have many people looking for, you know, new jobs or what they need to do in order to, you know, still be relevant in the market these days. And I think that the concept of citizen developers and the, the, the main value of RPA is the ability to use this technology in a very simple way. Uh, so the actual employees, the same employees that are doing either accounting, they can do, um, you know, sales activities, marketing, HR activities. These employees today with the tool that we have, with the editor that we have, which is a very basic one, drag and drop uh, environment that you can create your automation in a very simple way. They can invest their time 
instead of you know doing uh, some job of um, you know you've got an email with a pdf you read this pdf took some information from the pdf copy that to the crm system and then work on the crm complete the process save it maybe even send that to your vp to get an approval and then instead of doing that day after day many times they can build an automation to do that so they can implement the automation by themselves and I think that that's one of the main value of RPA because, you know, reducing cost, it doesn't mean that, you know, we need now to lay off, you know, many employees. We can train them. We can make them be much more impactful for the organization and let the organization be, be much more effective, much more uh, valuable. And that's something that I believe uh, is the future of any workspace environment. I think that uh, from my point of view, we have a social responsibility. We need, uh, and we have, it's funny, but um, you know, we have a university in Singapore uh, teaching RPA um, you know, training based on Crown Platform. We are doing the same in, uh, you know, in Israel, one of the uh, universities in Israel teaching RPA development. And my commitment is to make sure that these employees eventually will be able to develop themselves and you know, be more aligned to the future of workspace environment, and be more, you know, be more impactful, maybe even more happy, because instead of doing some uh, mundane work day after day, they can do things that are much more valuable for the organization, much more impactful. You know, we are as human beings, you know, we, our intent is to be meaningful. You know, meaningful for our families, meaningful for our friends meaningful for you know uh, organizations employers that's something that is important you know inherent within our blood and that's something that rpa the current solution today in the market you know is trying to i don't want to say you know too much uh, you know it's, it's about free freedom it's about free these you know people from doing robotics work yeah there were a couple of things that you've said that that just so resonate is um, I think you, you, know, you said any revolution causes fear at the beginning and how do we make more impactful employees? And I think about sometimes when I've done my travels and you go to underdeveloped countries and um, years ago, the first time I went to South Africa and they still had so much of the workforce deployed in very manual labor and they actually had laws that you couldn't take, um, you, couldn't you couldn't put like automated parking lot attendants or you couldn't do certain things because there was such a fear. And, um, and clearly, I mean, things have progressed since then, but you're, you're very spot on on what you're saying. And so with that, I, I want to go another step for, forward because, you know, you are somebody that is certainly in that futurist category, right? You know, your eye is on where we need to apply and take technology down the road. So let's talk about a couple challenges in the market today. And, you know, some of the, the things that, because as we're doing this interview, um, you know, we've been living in a global pandemic state for about a year, and there are a lot of challenges in the marketplace. So can you just Give us a little insight in where you think the next year is, is going to take us and how businesses can maybe apply technology to help their survival. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the trends in the market, uh, as we see them these days, first, you know, many organizations facing challenges, you know, either from uh, their employees, you know, starting to work from home, they need to help them to be more relevant, more, uh, you know, more efficient and help them to be successful. That's one aspect. We also see organizations that suffer from uh, from the situation, not just from the as, a, as an employer, but also on their bottom line, or, you know, even top line. From from my point of view, when I look uh, for the future, and I see that there are many uh, industries that used to work in a very odd fashion mm-hmm. uh, many years, and now they need to progress, you know, within few weeks, within few months, and do um, a leap of you know many years that's a challenge and it's a challenge from a culture point of view it's a, it's a challenge from um you know implementation or execution point of view so there are many challenges um and and i think that um you know from an rpa point of view the technology that we are offered to the market can provide a very simple way to help the employees and the employer to uh, create something that can take the organization to the future of work. And that's only one aspect because even the RPA market is suffering these days because the implementation cost is very expensive. You know, think of that, you have a very large organization uh, and now you would like to uh, identify or map your organization in order to decide what needs to be done automatically, what can be done automatically and what will be the ROI. So today, even within the RPA market, which is super hot, super, super hot. I think that everyone speak about automation, everyone speak about robotics. Uh, and yet the ability to scale up within these organizations, within these large organizations, large enterprises, uh, became a challenge because no one knows, you know, which in order to define these processes for automation, you need to find maybe even bring an army of analysts, business analysts, people that will sit with your employees uh, and try to figure out. And these days with COVID, uh, it is super difficult. So what we, we, we came uh, is that, you know, uh, we came up with some idea to have, we call it process discovery. And this is a game changer solution in the RPA market that we released to the market uh, about, uh, you know, uh, two years ago. Process discovery, we said, okay, instead of uh, just having other people trying to understand what the employees are doing, Crown has five patents on computer vision and AI technology. So we said, let's use the same technology just to see what the employee is doing, try to understand you know, the actual processes that are less relevant for his day-to-day job or his cultural capabilities, and then offer him to automate these processes. So the moment that, you know, the employees can see map of their processes, so they can install a small client on their machine, and within a few days, they will know, the organization will know that they have five processes that can be done by, by a machine, by a robot. And, and they will have the opportunity, as we spoke before, the citizen developers, instead of trying to, you know, start from scratch, think what can be done, what should be done, or what, um, you know, what is the next big thing that I can do for the organization, they can get a, some kind of uh, the baseline for automation. They can see, you know, we have five processes that we figure out that you can offload for a virtual machine to do that behind the scene for you 
on behalf of you. And then they can, they need to do some work. They need to make it more generic, more robust, more relevant, more, you know, uh, more accurate, but they have the baseline. So the citizen developer, if I'm an accountant, you know, I don't want to, you know, change my entire, uh, you know, professional and, and do just automation. I would prefer to invest about 20% of my time building an automation or adjusting the baseline of automation in order to make it more relevant for the organization, more precise, more better, much better. Um, and, more, and, and the rest of my time, I will do whatever I like. You know, if it's an accountant and I love to do, you know, I love numbers, I, like, I love to work with Excel, that's my passion, I need to do that. If I'm a sales representative, you know, I prefer to speak with people and sell instead of building automation. Or, so the combination of what we have, we call it full cycle automation. This is the terminology mm-hmm. that came out. So we said, guys, there is no need to invest 90% of your time building automation. If, if you are a, an accountant and that, this is your passion, we will help you to focus on your passion, but only 20% of your time will give you an extra value something that you will be able to do in order to improve your performance, the company performance. And that's, I think the, uh, you know, the, I don't want to call it unfair advantage because it sounds not that nice, but that's one of the unfair advantages that Crown has in this market versus any RPA vendor in the market. And that's, that's the unique, that's the innovation that we bring to the market. You know, it's very interesting the way you describe it because having been in business a long time, I know what it feels like as both an employee and as a business leader to have like a team of outside consultants come in and pick apart everything you do and just kind of demoralize the staff versus this concept of letting the employees, you know, be a part of the discovery process and be a part of transforming their jobs. When I hire people, um, not my senior managers, but when I hire kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, line workers, I always tell them, you know, there's kind of like 30% of your job that is the corporate, like you're going to have to report to other people, you're going to have to follow the rules, 30% of your job that is um, things that you have control over and you really own. And then there's this other portion of your job that's just the stuff nobody really likes to do. And, and so if you can take for an average worker and take that like 40% that nobody really likes to do and reduce it to only 10%, I, it's a win for organizations. I also have to give you a shout out because I'm aware that you also just won an award for your full cycle um, automation as a service um, from the 2021 Big Innovation Awards. So congratulations on that. Thank, thank you so much. I think that again, uh, you know, from, from, from my point of view, I think that innovation, it's crucial part of any kind of startup, high tech company, you know, either if it's, you know, Amazon, small company from Singapore, small company from Tel Aviv, um, innovation is the base uh, for any successful company. You know, you spoke about, you know, uh, documentation and, you know, understanding the uh, worker workflows. And we have an interesting example. One of the large oil and gas uh, conglomerates in the world just purchased from us a few hundred discovery bots that they're doing only one thing, 
They are not even aiming to do any type of automation. They are just going to replace um, some uh, advisory uh, employees that are sitting and documenting their employees' uh, workflows. So they purchased about you know a few hundred, and these days these robots just documenting the processes. So you know whenever you would like to do some kind of performance uh, analysis or you would like to decide if it's relevant for automation or not, or you would like to understand what is going on within your organization, today the technology that can understand human activities, can understand you know, their behavior, can understand the impact on the organization and the connection with the automation uh, studio, the automation environment, I think that that's, that's one of the main reasons why, why we want, sorry, why we won uh, this award and you know hopefully um you know we, we will see more and more um, you know winning like that listen it has been delightful to speak with you as we are closing out i love to ask my guests if we come back and talk to you in five years you know what does world domination look like and i'm just laughing because i i can't stop but think about um that your world domination started with a, a way to manage your uh, and showcase your whiskey glass connect collection. <laughs> but um, separate from your uh, whiskey glass collection, um, if we come back and talk to you in a couple of years, what does business look like? So I think, um, you know, if, if uh, we will manage to achieve our dreams, you know, a few years from, from now, each one of us will have a personal assistant installed on our machine. This is the attended robots that can understand us, can see, can understand exactly what we do or what we prefer to do or not. And then this personal assistant will assist us in our day-to-day -day job and maybe offload processes to many robots that will work with us in a synergy uh, world that we are doing whatever is our passion, you know, will free anything that we would not like to do and let the robotics do these jobs or activities and you know the ability to see uh, as an organization the ability to orchestrate the entire uh, any type of process workflows either if it's done by robotics you know uh, done by human uh, or done within the application that's something that today is missing in the market you know a few years from now you know any organization will be uh, a community of human robots and you know our life hopefully you know instead of working um, you know five days a week we might work two days a week and provide the same value the same impact on the businesses that we are working for and invest more time with our families um, with our friends and that's something that i believe rpa can definitely contribute a lot in order to bring the world to the future of workspace environment. Well, thank you so much for being our guest and, and sharing those thoughts. If people want to know more, where can they go? How can they find out more about you or the company? So they definitely can go to our website, crownsystems.com. Uh, they can also follow us on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, or any other social, uh, even Instagram, I believe. Uh, so. <laughs> more than happy to uh, hear from everyone and thank you again for hosting me it was a pleasure talking to you
And it was delightful speaking with you. And to our listening audience, um, if there was something in this episode that you think somebody else needs to hear, please forward and share um, the great content that we have here. And if there is an innovative and enterprising um, CEO and entrepreneur that we need to speak with, send them my way at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until then, keep your eye on the future. Harold, thank you again for being a guest. My pleasure. Thank you so much. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.